podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Peacock. I love it! It's streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals. It's The Office. That's what she said. Chrisley knows best. It's going to be Todd's Way or the Highway. And Peacock original shows like Punky Brewster. Holy mackinole. So whether you're in the mood for every live WWE pay-per-view or every episode of Law & Order SVU, Peacock's got you covered. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Mirror mine, mirror mine You twist and turn my mind Until I don't know who I am Mirror mine Good morning and welcome to a sad edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am miserably sat here today with my two co-hosts, Matt Hi, Pete. Very sad, disappointed, stunned, but, uh, you know, all slightly predictable, right? Oh, yeah, all predictable. And I'm here with Ash. Ash, how you doing? I'm all right, mate. Just sad that the party's over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, look, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna power through. I feel like we've got to have a high energy agenda today. I think that um, I don't want to I, I don't want to rant uh, about it. I'm sure there are plenty of places that uh, are going through the rants. I want to look at this in the cold light of day. I want to be honest about what happened yesterday, um, what the problems are that Arteta needs to address ASAP, and what our hopes are for the season. But we can't get to that until we dissect uh, what I would I, I kind of class that as a bit of a weird game yesterday. Bit of a weird one, right? So hmm. uh, let's, let's, uh, let's go around the room like a therapy session and let's take, let, let's take your first, you know, first thoughts on the game. Like what are the, what are the, what are the hot or the cold takes? Uh, yeah. for you, well, Matt? well, I mean, I don't know about you, but ever since Arteta's come into the club, I have really, really looked forward to every game. You know, even even when we haven't won, we've there's been a sense of optimism about looking forward to it and seeing some sign of progress or evolution. And that's, I think, the thing that he has brought to the club. He's made us feel different um, in so many ways since he's arrived. And, you know, I, just, it's, I look forward to games days in advance. When are they going to be on? Can't wait to get ready for it. And the thing about yesterday was it just felt like a felt like an Unai Emery performance. Felt completely we felt completely lost. And the thing that I think is really important is we'd broken down our fixtures into sort of pieces at the beginning of the season mentally. And we'd said, look, you know, we've got Liverpool away, we've got City away, you know, we've got West Ham, Sheffield United, Fulham. We're probably going to lose both those, Liverpool and City away, and there's no disgrace in doing that. But once those are out of the way, we are really going to see how good we are and what we can be by our, the way we play against Leicester, the way we play against Man United, and in this, this sort of secondary run. And the really depressing thing was, just as we were supposed to get started, suddenly you look and you go, we played six games and we lost half of them. And it's just that dawn of realisation that, you know, we've lost 50% of the games we played in, in the league this season. Um, there wasn't a clear sign of progress. And suddenly, um, you know, knee-jerk reactions, suddenly it, it all feels a, feels a lot, lot gloomier than it did 24 hours ago. 
Ash, give us your hot or your cold take. I think uh, it's somewhere around that, but I think it probably feels worse in the context of the fact that we lost the week before as well. I think if we don't lose at City and this is the result, it's probably a, a very different feeling. I There wasn't a performance, and I agree with Matt, it felt... It kind of felt rudderless at times, right? I mean, it just it, just, it was just lacking something. I think there was no... Anyway, that aside, can you blame the fact that we played in Vienna on Thursday? Yeah, probably you could. But at the same time, I mean, it, not all of those players looked... I'm not going to use the word up for it. I, mean, I think that's a terrible phrase and all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, they They definitely didn't seem... Like they were, you know, having all of them were none of them were having the best day at the office. Put it that way. I think there were some good performances in there, but no one that anyone's going to remember. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you both. I think the disappointing thing about the Leicester game compared to most other games is usually when we have a bad performance, something's fixed after, or or, or that. Or there's um, a clear vision to address a problem, and you can see that we're moving in the right direction. And I thought. I thought the West Ham game was, we were kind of meek and we were lucky to come out alive in that game. Sheffield United, we had one really bad half. City and Liverpool, it was almost like we were celebrating being competitive um, without ever really looking like we were going to win. And I I kind of thought, um, I kind of thought Arteta, particularly after the midweek game, where we didn't create anything against a shit team, I thought that he'd have. I thought that he had something prepared. I thought that we'd come alive against Leicester because Leicester was the first three points out of six that we were expected to win. You beat Leicester, you beat United, and all of a sudden you're you know you're, you're close to the top of the league. And I, I felt like um, I felt like the Leicester game. That, that, you know, Brendan Rodgers played it exactly into the weakness that we were talking about before the start of the season. We Our big problem this season was going to be teams that come to Arsenal and play with a deep block. I don't think anyone was expecting Leicester to do that. But Brendan Rodgers was like, well, if they can't play against a deep block, I'll play a deep block and then I'll bring on Jamie Vardy. And it was such a simple strategy and he executed it perfectly. And we all knew exactly what was coming and and, there were, and we didn't do anything about it. And I think, that, um, I think that that was the first game that I looked at where I was like, wow, Arteta and his coaching staff look like they're out of ideas with the squad of players they've got and more, and, and, you know, and I think in the, you know, we'll talk about this later, but the reality is that's a good squad of players, right? If Aston Villa can play with exciting football, if Leeds can play exciting football, Arsenal should be able to play exciting football and unlock something with that starting 11. And the fact that we couldn't, and we were lost in the second half, if, yeah, it felt like, oh fuck. You know, I mean, I've got it, one, I've got a question for you guys. Um, because since Arteta's come in, obviously, I think we saw it so markedly in the games against his first couple of games against United, against Chelsea, where we played with the renewed intensity. And we had a bit of that intensity. And we, st- and we sort of carried that on throughout the season in the big games. And you saw it against City, you saw it um, you know, against Chelsea in the cup final. But we had an intensity about us as well as a system. And... I didn't see much intensity there yesterday. 
that we, we've become well coached and well drilled, but the, the the sort of the sheer intensity will to win, I couldn't really see it. I think if you Is that look, unfair, I think if you look at the plan and the formation as well, we weren't as tight as we we ha- we normally are. There were people drifting in different directions when you start to look at those those players at various times. So, But you're right, the intensity wasn't there at all. So if that's not there, how are you going to get the rest of it to go? I wonder if there... Um, like my, my view of Arteta is he's obviously an absolute control freak, just like Pep. Um, I, I sometimes think that maybe there's a little bit of overcoaching that goes on. You know, like... Uh, like well, I listened to uh, Pep Guardiola before, and you know he used to say that he would get upset when his Barcelona players wouldn't do exactly as he said, and they created something beautiful out of it that he didn't expect, and he'd be angry at himself that he didn't predict that that's how it could work. And there were moments I don't know whether you've seen the video uh, where Thomas Partey is being bypassed through the middle, and it's like there's just a lack of directness, isn't there? Like a real aversion to the middle, like almost it's almost it is almost Emery esque. I mean, you look at the uh, those pass maps or, you know, the, the the shape maps of the formation. There's nothing going through the middle. And it's like, no, I, I don't know whether it's overcoaching or we just don't have players that are sharp enough to see where a game is going and change it mid-game. But, you know, we lacked intensity. And we lacked, you, you know, like that intelligence and ingenuity that, that great teams have. Yeah, I mean... Um... It's frustrating, isn't it? Because it keeps bringing the conversation back to us. A certain German playmaker, and we know that he's not the answer to uh, what we need. But, um, you know, we, we watched the game together, Pete, and, you know, it was... Yeah, we're, we're, we are, we're really missing something in, 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 in the sense of, you know, a playmaker, in the sense of something being exciting. And... Like we said, it feels like the system is stifling the players. That's what it looked like yesterday. It looked like a system that gave them stability and liberated them. It felt like a system that that made them less than the sum of the parts. And what we've been saying since the beginning is Arteta has this ability to make the players more than the sum of the parts. But yesterday was 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 not the case. So, uh, like on the, you know, we're, we're being very negative here, but I think, uh, I think, I think if you if you step back and you just look to that game without the context of um, per- perhaps the last five, uh, it was it was a fine margins game, right? The first half, we had, Matt, we were watching it together. We came out of it pretty happy. We had like eleven attempts at their goal, uh, three on target. David Luiz was, was spraying it around um, like he was a number ten, and. Like I don't know what you guys think, but it it felt like VAR let us down. That that seemed like it was uh, that seemed like it was a goal. What did what did you think of the goal or the disallowed goal? I couldn't get why it wasn't allowed, Matt. <laughs> it was. Oh, I, I wasn't sure what what happened. Whether it was, I mean, it seems like it was the player obstructing the goalkeeper, in which case that's looked like nonsense. But I wasn't sure whether there was a touch from a player who, who was originally offside at the far post, or they thought there was a touch. Um, so um, it wasn't it wasn't a huge surprise. And look, and maybe I'm feeling just a bit, a bit down about the result, but we were extremely lucky that Bellerin didn't get sent off. So um, my word, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, he should, he should, he should have gone. Thought, 
I almost thought that one or two of their players definitely had two yellow cards at some point. Um, I don't know. Should we, can we just chalk this down to a really shit day? Well, I, was, I was surprised that Arteta came out and said that at the end and said it was fine margins and said we should have won and it was a smash and grab and all of that. Because one of the things that he's always been pretty good at is being very, very honest about the, the performance. And I was surprised. I thought he would come out and go, that's not the kind of performance we're expecting. I don't know where it came from. I'm frustrated because we've been, had a great week in training and then it wasn't the intensity wasn't right or this wasn't right. And instead he, he went for um, went for some excuses and I wondered whether he's just feeling a bit of pressure after, you know, we've lost half our games this season in the league. And, you know, that's not a good statistic. And I know that it's been a topsy-turvy league, and but we're in 10th. And yes, we've played some tough teams away, but it's important to call reality what it is. And I think, um, yeah, it's, 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 that was a really bad result yesterday. So, so let's, um, let's, let's try and unpack some of the problems because... Sorry, Ash. Do we think the commentary of having Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl, which is where we live, makes this... 50 times fucking worse. <laughs> yeah. Especially I don't, when, they call, when they call out things, yeah, you bring on Vardy half an hour before the end, and you're like, oh, God, don't, don't be true. Just don't let that be true. And then it just is. But, we, but, but let's be honest, we all thought, oh, fuck, here we go again yeah. when he came on, didn't we? I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's in a drug bar. He is a phenomenal player. I, I mean, I hate he, him. He's he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant finisher. Yeah, um, and there's something I, I quite begrudgingly respect about him, and I'm I'm also sort of pretty happy we never signed him. Um, but he is relentless. He is relentless. So let's um let, let's unpack some of the. <laughs> That's one word you'd never say about Lacazette, isn't it? No, exactly. So let's let's unpack let's unpack some of the clear um the clear issues. I think the I think the person that took uh, the biggest beasting of the night was definitely Alex Lacazette. Um, I don't know what's gone on with him from a physical perspective, but he looks like he's dying in front of our eyes. Um, I mean, he, he, his lack of physicality, um, the, the lack of pace, the clunky first touch at times, uh, and the biggest problem, the poor finishing in front of goal. Um, I, I was... I was wondering whether, you know, all of the concern about not having uh, an Awa in the side or a Meza Ozil, I was wondering, like, is is actually the biggest problem at Arsenal? Like, probably that we don't have a striker like, like a Giroud. I mean, what would a what would a target man like Giroud be like, uh, like in this squad? Like, do do it, nothing um, nothing looked worse in that team yesterday than Alex Lacazette clogging around up front, getting eaten up by Leicester's centre backs. Is that are we being harsh, um, or is it is it has it just been obvious for about eighteen months that he just isn't the level that we need um, in the Premier League in in twenty twenty? Well, I mean... Um, it's hard to disagree with a lot of what you said there. Yeah, I mean, he scored in every game he'd started until yesterday. So, um, statistically... Right. <laughs> statistically, he hasn't been terrible. But, look, he looks he looks a bit heavy. Uh, not, like, for the average man on the street, but for a professional footballer, he certainly looks a bit slow and cumbersome um, around the box. The interesting... I mean, he... he 
he doesn't look like a man with a lot to prove. He looks like a man sort of happy with, you know, whatever he gets. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's clearly not the answer. I mean, you can't help thinking about, like, a, a Martinelli up front and or in and around the box would be a massive improvement in terms of what he could bring. And, I mean, when is he back? Um, he's been he's been out for months. Um, you get the feeling that the Arsenal social media manager also believes that Martinelli coming back in is a big deal because he's got him up on that feed every other day. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but I, I guess that's uh, I, I, like it, it. Really, is a question, and, and Arsenal fans, we we have an absolute history of uh, eulogising the dead. Um, and you know, like you know, Abu Dhabi, we'd always remember that one performance against Liverpool. Then he'd get back in the side, and he'd be like, ah. Maybe he's not actually quite right. And I think are we, um, I'm fantasizing about a front three of Martinelli through the middle, uh, like Oba on the left. And I don't know who we put on the right that, but uh, is, is that a, is, is that a dream that's going to produce something or are we just, are we just still in the wrong place? Like, what do we, what, what, how, how do you solve for Lacazette? Cause it's not, it doesn't look like it's Eddie at the moment. Right. It's definitely not Eddie. It's definitely not Eddie. I thought, by the way, I mean, all of those things, yes, but weren't the substitutions odd yesterday as well? Well, I mean, I thought the Pepe one was. Um, well, that was the I didn't, I mean, yeah. I didn't want him coming. I didn't want him coming on. Did he come on for Saka? He came on uh, for Saka. Yeah, I mean, we're all after sixty-five minutes. Saka uh, looked injured, though, didn't he? Oh, he, 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 he did. Yeah, he got that. He did get clattered into. And and we yeah, hoped that right. we were we hoped that we were going to get the impact Pepe, but instead we got the starting Pepe coming on as a sub, <laughs> uh, um, and that's the Pepe you don't want. I mean, yeah, we're going to have interested in running into. Some... Yeah, there's there's that horrible moment, isn't there? You know, when you think there's that great moment where you think a player is about to kick on and be the player you always hoped he was going to be. You know, and that was Pepe Cup final, Pepe, you know, the Pepe at the end of the season. And then that's, and then even, and then there's the sort of the, the fall to earth as you realise that you've wasted 72 million on a bit of a dud. Um, and, you know, he looks at best a squad player, really, doesn't he? Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the in, interesting thing with Pepe, and sorry to cut in there, uh, like one of the biggest problems that Mikel Arteta's got is that we spend so much money on dross players that fans are like, Arteta should be playing Pepe. If I, if Pepe had uh, an, uh, an unsexy name uh, and he was from some backwater club and he costs eight million, no one would be clamoring for him to be starting. And it's the same with William Saliba as well a little bit. It's like, you're just like, surely we didn't spend 72 million on some of this bad. Surely there, there's something wrong with Arteta's coaching that he's not good, but he just, he, he falls over the ball. He looks off balance. He looks really underweight as well. He gets knocked around, doesn't he? He gets knocked around like Neymar. Um, so I don't know whether he's a stove. I... <laughs> Is it that the, the state we're in, and we're on a journey, right? So none of us are sitting here saying that what went out there yesterday is the perfect article and should be right up there and is 100% of what Arteta is capable of as a, as a manager. So is it a case of we need 80 or 85% of them to, to do what they can do at their peak because that's the bare minimum that can get us through a game? 
And there are days that we're going to fall short of that. Or are we saying, oh, shit, you know, our tent is actually a lot further behind than we thought we were just being optimistic. That's a good point. I mean, wasn't it Tony Adams who said, you need seven out of ten to turn up every every week to get a win? I think he was talking about fighting, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you do need uh, the majority of your players to turn up and have decent games. And if you have a game where more than, say, two or three don't turn up, they can't be carried. And uh, there were too many players who had off performances. Yesterday. So who's, yeah. who's, who's in your off performances yesterday? Obviously, Lacazette, but are we, you know, Danny Ceballos didn't have a great game. Uh, Danny Ceballos was terrible. Uh, then I think, um, I mean, Saka wasn't his usual, his usual standards. A couple of couple of bright spots. That's about it. Granite, uh, Granite was not at his at his best. Um, um, Leno wasn't at his best. Okay. Uh, uh, Luis had to go off. And, and um, Luis, Luis was majestic. Let's be honest. Some of those balls. I think he he played 13, 13 wow. out of seventeen passes into the final third, the most out of any player in our entire team throughout the whole ninety minutes. I mean, what does that say about the system Arteta set up yesterday? Wow. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it was yeah. It's, yeah. Every everyone's so okay. everyone's so depressed on this podcast today. People don't even want to have so, an opinion. So let's go back to what we said a week ago, or I said, I suppose. Party and granite, or just party? I think it's. I think party's got to take granite out, right? Yeah, I think, 100%. I think, I think granite is finished. So, so we, if that if you take that team from yesterday, then right, you look at that midfield. So if you get rid of granite, who comes in from? Let's let's look forward. Well, I, I was going to say one something else, which was, you know, I know we spent a lot of money on party, but. It's pretty rare for new signings to come in and go straight into the first team in the first Premier League game since they've arrived. And, you know, there's no way Arsene Wenger would ever have done that. Um, you would have thought that there was second-half cameo waiting or, you know, impacts up 30 minutes to go. Um, so I was surprised that party started i know he played in the europa but that he started the game i was expecting him to be on the bench watch the game from the sidelines see what's going on and then come on with fresh legs and really like make an impact so um i'm i was surprised i think that's fair um even patrick vieira came on at half time to make his debut there you go. <laughs> Indeed. And remember Except that. He was, not, he was 19, not 27. <laughs> but, let's, uh, but let's discuss this because I think this is important. Okay, the, so some things that we like from yesterday, like we're, we're heading into 4-3-3 four, four, three, three territory, right? Um, yep. So what, what I don't think anybody knows what the ideal um, midfield shape is, but I think it's probably going to look like it should. Like, I think Party takes granite out of the equation. He can play progressive balls. He can cover more ground. He's physical. He can do all of the bits. Like he's a, he's a one man midfield machine. Who do you, who, who do you play with him? Because I think that this is where Arteta, like in, in, I'm, I'm going to put this out there uh, because Arsene Wenger is on a book tour. I don't know whether you've noticed. Has anybody noticed that Arsene Wenger is on a book tour? 
Arsene I'm who? joking. Everybody's noticed. Yeah. Arsene, 50 press conferences a day for his fucking boring book. Um, but my, uh, my, uh, one of the things that I like that he said um, quite early on is he's like, look, I always like to play a young player. He said, but the reality of a young player is they're going to cost you three, four, five points a season by making mistakes. We all remember Serge Gnabry coming on against Schalke and giving the ball away and we conceded almost instantaneously. Um, by not that the point. logic, David Luiz is 14 years old. Mustafa yeah. <laughs> I yeah, but that, and you are you are exactly right, and I think that that point there is something that the um, Arteta needs to learn. And we'll talk about the senior players, but giving Mustafi a new deal is fucking disgraceful if that's what he's thinking of doing. But back to the back to the point. Arsene Wenger said, you know, you play. He started playing Cesc at like what 16, 17 years old. He and yeah, he and Jack both played regular, reasonably regularly at sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, and Jack Wilshire played 56 games at 18 and destroyed his body and he never recovered. Different point. But I do I do think it's like, if if you think Saka can play in the pockets, then let's see it. If, uh, if Joe Willock is a good player, let's see it. If, ES, if Emil Smith-Rowe is, is a player that can play in the pockets, how much worse could it be than... The, like, I think we're averaging 8.2 shots a game. It's what shocking. Would you, so would, I would think you, what you're saying here is you you would be more forgiving if he was willing to try younger players because it's more obvious that he's playing for the future. But I, I'm saying I said in the summer, don't give David Luiz a new deal, right? Get rid of all the you're fucking saying. old. Yeah, get get rid of the dross. Be honest with yourself that these shit players can't take you to the promised land. And I would say that if he said we're going to give youth a chance this season, like Frank Lampard did last season we should have players that can uh, kick up a level because if we don't have players that can kick up the level, what's the point in having them in the squad, right? You might as well play, uh, maybe not Ozil, but Smith is, can Smith Rowe do it? Can Saka do it? They, 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 we can't go a whole season or like, you know, Patino or whatever his name is, the young kid. Like surely there is somebody out there that can create a situation where we, you know, like if we've got enough senior players to build around these kids, I know, think that I think there's a there's a player out there, a rival yeah. player who's available, who could be interesting for us. Who? Delhi Ali. Delhi Ali, don't don't do it. I, I had this. I, I asked I asked the Arsenal fan base, and they said no. <laughs> but, but you know, you are, you are you are not wrong. Like he's a, he's an exciting player. He's a piece of shit. We shouldn't like. <laughs> But you wouldn't, you wouldn't hate it. Hey, here's here's another player. Here's another With one. Something to prove. Yeah, With something to prove. Well, I'll go one. I'll go one step further. Jack Wilshire, free transfer. As you play, Joby. I knew someone was going to fucking make this point. Come on, this tell little, me. There's this, there's this little inkling as soon as Greg starts doing those Jack interviews. Back. And he just realised, oh shit, he played with Arteta, didn't he? So he knows exactly what he's about. 28 years old. Come on. If you said, look, we, we will pay you uh, 50 grand a game that you play. Uh, or, or whatever it is. It's good. Like, look, like, make look, it, make look, it interesting. I've got, I love Jack Wilshere. And so I still love him. <laughs> and, and, uh, and also Pep, Pep Guardiola loved Jack Wilshire. Like you can't deny it, his technical ability. He's a gifted guy. Yeah. Mo- yeah, motivation, maybe. He's on his way to the come. MLS, isn't he? <laughs> I, I, I've got no idea, but like maybe we should put a call in. 
maybe yeah, we should put a call to change the change the cab. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get him a Hoover. Did Arsene uh, take the Rolodex decks with all the players' numbers with him? <laughs> oh, well, but but it's but guys, it's this sort of creativity that we're having right now on this phone call. I haven't even had a beer. And I think we're thinking, we're, we're certainly thinking around the problem, but I mean, it is amazing, wasn't it? Do you remember how well stocked we were in small creative playmakers a few years ago? <laughs> we had yeah, Santi, Riziki, Ramsey. Uh, yeah. No one who could, no, no, not no enforcers in sight, but we could ticker tacker our way out of any problem. Um, but there's uh, like so uh, you know look Deli Ali would have been an interesting player um, I don't know whether that would have worked politically or whether Jose would have let us have him um, Jack Wilshere like you, you fantasize about these things but we all know that he can create we all know that he can connect we're, we're still showing that goal that he scored against Norwich the other day um, oh, but it was such a good goal it was such a good oh, goal such a good well, goal well, 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 that was, that was well, you know the other good. I'm, the other I was one living who, in the US. Oh, it was one of, the, one of the few games I went back for, and you don't expect to see that when you're, you know, back for a couple of games, and it was back, amazing. Back for Norwich, but I mean Giroud. <laughs> let's get Giroud, Giroud game, game back in. Let's get Giroud and Wilshire back and relive 2016 all over. And the, yeah, and this, this is this is the thing. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold my hands up here. I, I love a hipster manager, Nagelsmann poster. It's on my wall. I'm looking at it right now. I've, I've got the guy from Munchen Gladbach on my wall. I love a hipster coach. I've, I've lived for it. I was, I was on, I was on Klopp. Everyone used to say I was his biggest fan back in the day. Thomas. Tuchel I thought Mikel Arteta you know the intel I was getting on Arteta he's progressive he's an innovator he's this fucking genius and then he comes in and he's he's putting he's putting 11 men behind the ball come on Mikel where is it like they're like I, I, I you know where where is the where is the Pep Guardiola solutions in there? Dropping bloody El Nenny into a false left back. Well, what's happened to um, what's happened to Maitland Niles? Because you know we didn't want him well, to go. He was on the bench, he was, but he was he was playing. But I mean, why is he not playing games? Because I think he's dangerous going forward. I think he's a fantastic player. He can free other. Uh, I, I mean, do you know he one should of be the playing, things? He should be playing a lot more games. One of the things I thought about was who do you play alongside Party? I think Maitland Niles could be that candidate instead of Granite. Definitely. Anyway, I've got the solution. He's available. He fits the bill of all the other players we talked about. Yaya Sanogo. Yeah, Yaya, can you play as a as a as a progressive number eight? I I I take it. You said Giroud will take Sanogo alongside you. But look, I I I think the I think that there's got to be a solution. Uh, yeah, I, again, I I suppose the the reason that. Um, Hector Bellerin is playing at the moment as he's had uh, four assists in seven games. But you do you do wonder, uh, like, I don't know, like if, if you just say you did have a midfield that had been set up with Thomas Partey and Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I wonder if Maitland-Niles would have been tracking someone like Vardy through the middle better than, <laughs> better than Mustafi. But I, this is what I think about the Maitland-Niles thing is he's clearly got pace. But I think he's got that physicality in the middle of the part where you're right. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. Exactly yeah. right. I think, and you know, a lot of players don't want to be called 
versatile because it's you know it can be a bit of a curse and you look at him he said oh he doesn't know whether he's a central midfielder or a winger but that's kind of the beauty of what we're talking about here and look i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say something controversial to you to arsene wenger lovers um but i think i blame the leicester game on on arsene wenger I think I, I think I think that was Arsene Wenger's fault yesterday because look at look at the look at the problems in the build up to that game. Meza Özil, Arsene Wenger, Granite Jacker. He's also, he's, he's also been out and about talking about these players too, right? Yeah, Mustafi, Arsene Wenger, Lacazette, Arsene Wenger. Arguably, four of the worst signings in Arsenal's history. All Arsene Wenger players. The, I, w- I was writing about um, the spine looking good for Arsenal, like Leno, uh, Gabriel, Thomas Partey, and Aubameyang. But there's the, the problem that Arteta's got is there's still a spine of players that he won't quit. Right? Like, how do we move on with Mustafi in the side? And like, guys, could, could, I know that I know that Mustafi was good for a little bit last season, but can anybody fathom? why we'd be putting a new deal on the table when we've got... Do we know if that's actually true, though? I know. I mean, Chris... It sounds like... It sounds like what I have heard like, is... It sounds like clickbait only... to get, to get yeah, everyone wound does, up as they are does, through the But it also feels that it's possibly true because we would have moved him on in the summer and we would have got a fee from him, but because he's at four, but because he's injured, they wanted to try and tack a year on to try and get some money for him. Yeah. But if you're going to do that, at least have the conversation with the bloke and say, help us out, brother. You know, but, looked after you while you're injured. But why, why sign, would you sign, sign 12 months and we can flog you? Uh, but I, I just don't think that that's realistic, right? No, like, we'd have to sign him back no, onto the 90 grand a week. It's a bonkers idea. Isn't it bonkers? It's bonkers. They should just cut him loose in January and say, look, go find a club. Yeah. We'll take you I, off the bill, take you off the wage bill, off you go. By the way, I think that's what should happen to a lot of them in January. Yeah. Like, and I, look, and he, he, here's the thing here's the, here's the big struggle for Arteta. You know, he's playing shit football. He seems to be very attracted to the players from the past, loves, loves Jacka, loves Mustafi. Uh, and it just looks like we're not learning from the mistakes of the last five years. Like what, 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 what do you, what's your guys take on that? Do you think that Arteta is making big mistakes or am I just having a, a massive overreaction? Cause I'm upset about the Leicester game. I think there's a couple of things, right? I think we've seen, I think it's a bit of, there's, there's a mentality question, right? Because look, you can't automatically draw these parallels, but we played Liverpool who had been through a bit of a dodgy period and we went there in a, in a in a very recessive way and lost 3-1, could have been 2-1. But, you know, we, we never looked like getting anything out of that game, really. And then the next yeah. week they went to Aston Villa and got thumped 7-2 and it was clear that uh, all was not quite right in Liverpool. Like, yeah. It's not terrible, but it's not quite right. We then went to City, who have been up and down. And it's really clear as well that City are not 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 the real deal at the moment. Like they might become the real deal. And there's a yep. real opportunity to go and put one on there. But both games, fundamentally, we went there to not get a cricket score against us. We went there to lose to lose valiantly. And we played they, their we played their reputations, not played, their current played, form. And and I think that we could have gone if we'd played those like our cup games last year, we could have gone and we could have beaten them both. Uh, if we put in that sort of performance, because you saw it, I mean, against West Ham, Man City, and 
the whole league is topsy turvy. Yeah, and we we're, we're almost last week. And we're almost like the and the we're playing it like every like it's last season. Playing it in this in the same way. Um and so, you know, he needs to get on the front foot. And I think you know, it's been interesting, isn't it? Like you had like the, the Mourinho style of football and you know, I think football then then I think Klopp and Guardiola changed it with much more of an attacking point of view as a coach rather than a defensive point of view. So I'm surprised that we are I'm just surprised that us that our system, our structure, our outlook is so defensively minded. And now it's gonna I mean I'm really interested to see what we go to Old Trafford with. I suspect we're gonna play a really similar game to the cup final and the and, and the and the community shield in that in that we're away at United. I think we'll play on the counter. I think we could play well, but it's definitely going to be a counter-attacking performance, isn't it? Uh, United. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to, to to see how this all pans out. I think there's a couple of things here, and I think. Um... First and foremost, right, I mean, we're <laughs> six games in. I agree that, we, you know, it's hard to deny the fact we lost half of them, but... <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> it's, you know, but we're in a pretty similar place to Chelsea. Um, we're ahead of Man City. We're ahead of Man United, albeit they've got a game in hand, but, you know, a roundabout. You've got the weekend. Out of the top four, three of them lost. So... It's a topsy-turvy season. I think the Arteta thing isn't helped by the fact that we've got all of these questions around players that should have gone around Ozil and you've got this Wenger thing going on where if all of that had been sorted or we played, none of us would be talking about that shit. And I think it's a distraction that is almost there to try and find a reason for what happened at the weekend rather than it is the reason. Um, yeah. So... I suspect, Matt, you're right. I think we're going to go to go to United, and I think we're probably going to play really fucking well. Um, but at the same time, as we've figured out quite quickly, we don't know which team's going to turn up at our place at the moment, do we? And, and he, he needs, he almost needs it, right? And and that's the crazy thing about the season. We're still we're four points from top, and we're in crisis mode. And I think we're in crisis mode because we've seen what happens with performances like this in the past, right? That we don't come out of it. But we're, we're to, you know, like, what was it? 13 games unbeaten before, you know, Arteta got COVID. So we know, we know that there's a possibility there. But I, it, it, we just haven't, I just, it just feels like we haven't seen a, a performance, a real performance. Like a, oh, we, a, a, haven't, we, haven't, we haven't seen a real performance excluding Fulham. And that's Fulham since the Community Shield. Yeah, that's fair. So we haven't seen we haven't seen one. Right. We haven't seen one this right. season. That was a good performance where we looked on the on the game. But I saw a few people going, "Oh, you know, Arteta hasn't had a preseason." It's like he had the longest preseason in history with COVID. You know, uh, he had a real uh, a real chance to get to some of, some of his ideas across. And and my biggest fear, without doom mongering, is that we've we finish next weekend and we've got played seven, lost four. I mean, that's a very real possibility and that's not a good start. No, that's a really bad start. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, but if we 
win. We, we, we win the next three games, right? Uh, Leeds and Villa. Then all of a sudden yeah. you're going, okay, we're, we're back on track and Leicester was a blip. Yeah. But he needs oh, he, he needs a big head to fall, right? And he, it needs to be Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who's, I think, what, three games without a win at home? And they're looking shit, right? You know, you can't, it, we, we cannot be in the business of letting managers that are failing off the hook, right? And we've always, always been a gift to managers under pressure. I'm can't, excited. <laughs> yes, yeah, same here. I'm excited as well. It's a big game. Uh, it's a huge game. It's, uh, to coin the phrase, it's a six-pointer. Um, but I think, by the way, I think Leeds is going to be a really fucking difficult game. I really do. Wait, but in fairness, we, we, you know, we, knew that not, we, we knew that last season as well. And the, the great thing about Leeds, for me, is that they, they'll, they'll swarm you, right? They leave... They leave such big gaps at the back. They're fun, I'm less, but... I'm, I'm kind of less worried about that. I'm more worried about my mental health and the triggers of images of fatty Mark Viduka and Harry Q. Oh, God. Arsenal. Oh, God, yeah. That yeah. used to play there. God, it's disgusting. 1999 was... Oh, don't. Hassle That's Lee, what I'm worried about. Lee Bowyer. Oh. Gosh. But my my bigger worry is that Leeds have twenty seven shots against us and we register two and win one nil. <laughs> that's the that's I'll the take biggest, it. Uh, I'll take it as well. I'll take any sort of win right now. Just 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 get it back on track. Um, but oh, yeah, it's, it? okay. Can we talk about wins. We did beat Vienna. We oh. did. We're gonna. Um, we should smash Dundalk. Bit of a part time yeah. team going over yeah. there. Yeah, so at least we've got a nice way to warm up. But that can't be six shots on target. That's got to be a distraction. It really has. I bet, I bet we go 1-0 down against Dundalk. If it's oh, le- if it's we may score a hatful after that, but I think we'll definitely go 1-0 down. If it's less than 10-0, it's, it's, it's as bad as a defeat. It is, yeah. So, all right, guys, um, let's uh, let's wrap this. What's the uh, like predictions for the United game? Is he going to let the handbrake off, or are we going to see more of the same? Um, I was just thinking about Dundalk. Was it was it during when we played Standard Liège away and won? Or Standard Liège, and we won seven. Cup winners' cup. Yeah, cup winners' cup. We won seven nil. Eddie McGoldrick might have scored a hat-trick or something. No, Eddie McGoldrick got the seventh. So maybe... Uh... I think he was the last Eddie to play before since uh, Eddie and Ketty is the... Yeah. Yeah. The only other Eddie that's played. Anyway, sorry. Um, well, what's our prediction for United, Pete? Did you say? Yeah, what's the prediction for United? That's the big one. I think it's going to be a nil-nil. Nil-nil. Yeah. I saw that, that Chelsea game and... Um, I think it's a lot of pressure on both teams. Neither team can afford to look stupid. Like, and we don't create much. I don't think they create much. No, no. Uh, and we never do I, well think, I think we're going to be fine. I think it's going to be 3 0. I, you know what, Ash? I was going to go with 3 0 as well. I think that there's going to be, uh, I think there's going to be a big reaction. And I think that he'll come back out and say, I knew, I knew the spirit of the players. I knew my boys would do that. And then we're all going to feel a bit stupid. Um, because, you know, I do think there's there's a belief in him in the squad and I do think that he has a good energy and I think that he'll... I, 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 I think he's sharp enough. He made a comment that he basically... He, he'd read something about the pay cuts. 
he reads the criticism and not that I think he'll react to the criticism, but I think he's going to realize that you're not going to get away with being overly cautious and playing boring football as a, as an Arsenal manager. And there's a way to, you know, he has to find that balance between being tight at the back and attacking with some sort of vigor and, um, and creativity, right? Because we, you know, this is Arsenal. He said when he started that he wanted to play an attacking philosophy of football. He can't hide behind not having a number ten. He's got to work out a way. So hopefully, um, hopefully, we'll see a big reaction because I, I, I think Legon Solskjaer is a bad coach, and I think that United team is a shambles. And Frank Lampard should be ashamed of what he did at the weekend to to only register one shot on target with two hundred and fifty million pounds worth of talent. Shame on him, but I think I think we're going to get a reaction on Sunday because we fucking need it. Do you think there's any chance of a surprise inclusion, like a Smith Rowe or a, is he even in the Premier League squad? Well, he's no, he's <sighs> young enough; he doesn't have to be. He's a homegrown player, so he can play. He can, he can be in the squad. Uh, wouldn't it be, be great if we could just yeah. if there was a surprise inclusion? Who I think he, I think there is going to be a surprise inclusion. I think you're right. I, I don't know whether it's Willock or Smith Rowe or. Willock, yeah, that's a name you haven't heard in a while. I look, I think Joe Willock could, could I don't know, whether you do that. If you're going to get one of those kids to start <laughs> and it's in a way Old Trafford, you want it at a time like this when there's not a massive crowd up there. I mean, not that their crowds are any good anyway. Um, but you see what I mean? Well, he likes to be. He, he knows he likes to be unpredictable, and I think that it, I think the criticism of him being predictable against Leicester in all the all the worst ways, I'd imagine that that will sting, right? So I I you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I, I, I just don't know, know, know what it'll be though. I don't I know think what it'll it's be. It's quite interesting. I, you do get the feeling he does take he does pay attention to the media, perhaps not as much as we're listening to this one before, you know. Conversation, yeah. but um, but you do get the feeling he does take a lot of it to heart in a good way. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can get Jack Wilshire done before the weekend. That would and, be a nice. I'll take that. Sign him up. Get him in. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Well, it was um, it was a pleasure um, having a therapy session with you. Yeah, it was depressing, wasn't it? It was depressing, but let's yeah. have a let's have a positive one on Sunday because I, I think Dundalk will set the ball rolling. We'll win six 0 there, and then we'll go and then we'll we'll put Ole uh, Ole Solskjaer to the sword, and then they'll hire Pochettino and finish second. Um, that's going to be the perfect conclusion to an epic sporting weekend, I think. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Indeed. All right, guys. All right. Uh, All right. Thank, thank you to everybody for listening. It's been a pleasure having you on, Matt. Thank you. It's been a pleasure having you on, Ash. Cheers, mate. Stay safe. And uh, yeah, leave a fine review. Um, uh, don't tell uh, iTunes that I ask for the five star reviews. Like, try and give something a bit flowery. Say that that was spectacular. That was like an ear massage. That was like showering in glory or something like that. But don't keep on telling iTunes that I ask you for the five star <laughs> reviews, even though I do. You hilarious don't, bastards. It was, it was like, don't, don't mention the showering in glory either. <laughs> No. It was like an amazing golden shower. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Anyway. Peacock streaming. 
the biggest sports and live events on the planet. From Super Bowl 56. What a game this is. To complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. Streaming every event, every day. Yeah. It's all the unprecedented. United States wins gold. Unstoppable. Sensational. Unbelievable. Sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.